following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, Got to play pinball And put in your earplugs Put on your eye shades You know where to put the cork Will I live my life on highways From sea to shining sea So listen to my story Save yourself some agony Forget that earth you wander Like a shadow on the ground Find yourself a woman Get a job and settle down Back on the Tom Dupree Show. More of uh, Mel Tillis. Yeah. How many shows you know play Mel Tillis for their bump music? Zero, except us. Mel's been too good to us this morning. Yeah, he has. We have Mike Johnson here in the uh, studio with us. Good morning. How are you today? Doing wonderful. Um, Mike, there was an article that kind of plays right into our uh, bailiwick that came out in the Wall Street Journal uh, talking about retiring soon, plan for market downturns. We we did the Leland Conway show yesterday, and we talked a little bit about it, but I think for our Saturday audience, we ought to take that up a little bit also. Um, people get this idea that just because their retirement savings have hit a certain amount that now it's safe to retire. I've gotten into that retirement red zone, which kind of tells people um, this is the amount of money I need in order to retire. And uh, it doesn't need to be any higher than this. I can retire, but they're completely forgetting about the fact that number one, that can fluctuate. You, You could go back down and be back to where you, need to be working again or number two the income that you receive off that retirement savings amount may not be as high as you need it to be in order for you to safely retire because it's all about cash flow exactly that's why we advise people to keep working to keep their day job Mm -hmm. you know as long as they can because they need the cash flow to keep coming in right well, and two, when people think of, okay, I've hit my number, whatever it is, a lot of, especially 401k plan providers, um, typically large uh, brokerage firms, they they will do a projection and say, okay, you have a million dollars put back in a 401k, and this is how long it's going to last you. Well, the issue is, is that a lot of that, most of the time when they do that projection, it assumes a 
pay down of principal over time. So it actually, you see your million dollars declining. It's almost like a checking account. Right. And so there, there's there's two ways to look at this. You know, and then we'll get into how we look at it and why we look at it that way. But when you're assuming a pay down, a liquidation of principal, when we've had this market that we've had and and, you, and it's grown to whatever that we'll just use a million dollars uh what it's grown to a million dollars because of the market well if you're liquidating pieces of that investment a, in a pay down scenario volatility makes even more of a difference because right. you're selling shares in a volatile market We've been in a market that's been going up since uh, March of '09 is when the the financial crisis turned, and it is a risky time to retire in the sense that we've been in a good market and that's right. and you, you're you're going to have volatility. Now I'm not saying we're going to have another '08 financial crisis. We could, but mm -hmm. I'm not saying that we will. But you will have volatility, and that million dollar mark just because you hit it, um, or it could be five hundred thousand, whatever it is for you, um, just because you hit that doesn't mean it's going to stay there. And your plan on how you're drawing that becomes even more important, right? Especially in the environment we're in. So, what's the difference between taking money from the principal itself? And taking money from what the principal produces, what right. Phillips got an analogy about that he's used before. Yeah, he, he, it's it's a great analogy. Uh, it's a, a rental property. Uh, oh. So the the income uh, from a rental property, the rent, uh, that's like the dividends from uh, a stock. Um, the the property itself, which are the shares, um, those will can and will fluctuate. Even in a dividend-paying stock, that's going to mm -hmm. be the case. Now, hopefully over time you have growth, but you can't bank on that growth being consistent like you have to have a consistent income stream. They don't match up. Right. The dividends are much more consistent. Now, dividends aren't guaranteed, but you look at the, the, the underlying business. If the business is a repeatable type of business and cash flows are repeatable, then the dividend will be more consistent and repeatable. So what you're, it's real simple, honestly. The retirement thing is very simple. You have to have your cash flow match, your cash in and your cash out match. Right. Um, and you can't do that consistently with growth. Um, so that's why we adhere to the, the dividend approach. Um, we, we want our client's income to be covered from the dividends, not from price appreciation. I remember a guy came to me one time, this was several years ago, um, and he had retired from a large institution in Lexington, uh, and he had uh, X amount of dollars in his retirement account, and he had been averaging 13% a year on it for several years, a bunch of mutual funds. Mm -hmm. So he basically extrapolated that into the future and said, well, I've been getting 13% a year. I'll probably keep getting 13% a year. I will take 10% a year for my income from it. Yeah. And – what had happened was he ran into the years of 01 and 02 mm -hmm. 
which were bad down years in the market. And they took what he had and turned it from X into about half of X. Yeah. And he was still trying to take the same amount of money from the account. So let's say it was around a 1.2 million that had now dropped to 600,000. And he had that amount of money uh, left in his account and he was still trying to take a hundred plus out of it. And he was going to run it out. He did not like the answers I gave him Yeah. when he asked the questions about what he should do. I never heard from him again, but the fact is he, he got really upside down. Mm-hmm. Because he went basically from a 10% to a 20% withdrawal rate. That's right. Just boom, like that. Because, because the downtown. market dropped so far. Yeah, because of a downturn. That's right. So, um, so yes, if <clears throat> if you've been in, in invested in this market that's been going up, you have to go into it, into retirement, eyes wide open. You know, right. What we've experienced in the last 10 years, there's no reason to expect that that'll continue. Um, I mean, we're, we're optimistic. We're cautiously optimistic, um, of, you know, especially what we own, but you can't go into retirement assuming that that's going to be the case. When you throw in a, a withdrawal rate from whatever you've accumulated, we talked about this some yesterday. Um, the sequence of returns matters a lot. Um, you made the point that it's not your average, it's your compound average return that, right. that matters. Um, because let's say from 2009 through today, let's say it's been an average of 8%, 9%. Well, if you flip, if you, if you put in the withdrawal rate from how it was, how the returns actually came, and you flip that up on end, the end result of how much would be left in your portfolio mm-hmm. is completely different. And it, and it almost works out to one is a success and one is a failure. That's right. Um, and that's scary. Um, yeah. And that it all has to do with how you've structured the payout from your savings. Right. Um, is it coming from growth or is it coming from income? Yeah. Dividends and interest. That's correct. Stay with us. You are listening to the Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson. We've got uh, Mayor Candidate Ronnie Baston coming up at 830. So hang around for that. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. News. News affects your life. Is imitating life. American life. The sequence of events. The latest events. And experiences. Personal experience. That make up. Doesn't his life matter? Life. In this life. News. Talk. Sports. Life in the old ball yard. News Radio 630 WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Do you understand your retirement savings and investments? Do you know how much you can reasonably expect to take from them after you retire without diminishing the principal? If you haven't thought about these things, you should because they can affect how long your money may last. At Dupree Financial Group, we've been following things like this for some time. Our goal for our clients is to make their investments produce income for them from dividends and interest without diminishing their principal. If you'd like a free consultation about your retirement investments, give us a call at 859-233-0400. We'll give you an honest assessment what we think your investments will produce for you in retirement. 
That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400, DupreeFinancial.com, and the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. 630 WLAP. No one wants to go down to Tucson in the summer. So this time the boss chose me. I've been sort of restless. Yes, he thought it might help if I got away from my wife and family. There'd been no other woman since the mother of my children. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. So, Mike, uh, you know, we've had basically good news for people in our uh, meetings when we meet with them about their investments. But we have to be very cautious. We have to think in terms of if if those gains could turn into losses, Mm -hmm. you know, what kind of opportunities would they present us for purchasing more of the same security right. <clears throat> at a lower price. Right. And we've, we've done that this year. Um, you know, if you look back to starting fourth quarter of last year, uh, basically since then, more of the value, more of the, the blue chip dividend paying stocks haven't done a whole lot. Those have started to go up here. And, and in the last month they have. Uh, and, but what you had for about six months, it was, uh, the, the Fang stocks. It was, it was literally about 10 stocks that had driven about half of the returns of the index. So you had this big deviation between the, the index and kind of the, the average blue chip stock out there. And we were looking at that as an opportunity. Um, we added to, uh, some existing positions, and over the last uh, three to six months, we've added some new companies in there too. Uh, so, like you said, you know, keeping your eyes open, volatility gives you opportunities to buy good companies at a good price, hopefully. Right. Um, but the 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 driver behind all of that is always what's the dividend? What 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 are our clients getting paid? Because when we buy something, obviously we hope <clears throat> that it goes up over yeah. time. We wouldn't buy it if we didn't think that would happen. Sure. But we don't know how quickly that's going to happen. We don't know if we're buying and it could continue dropping a little bit from there. We don't know that. But we can look at our research and say, okay, it's a good company. It looks like it's, from a valuation standpoint, it looks uh, either fairly priced or cheap. Um, so we can have confidence to go in and buy the company. Well, we our clients get paid a dividend while they wait for that share price to go up. Right. Um, and that's what we've been able to do, especially in the last several months, is kind of round out the portfolio. Because last year we, we had sold several things that had gotten just way too expensive. Right. Um, now so, they're probably more. Some of, some of them aren't, though. Some of them have dropped. That's right. Yeah, some of them have dropped. Um, but, you know, you're never going to time it perfect. Right. Um, but when you're looking at the the valuation or the, the revenue growth or the lack of revenue growth, especially is something we saw last year in some of the companies, the price had continued to go up, the stock price, 
but they weren't growing the company. Yeah. To us, that was a red, you know, that was a buzzer going off on the dashboard. So, so we sold. Um, and some of them have gone a little bit higher. Some have gone lower. But we still stick by the decision. Uh, Talk a little bit about the process that we go through with the clients in terms of meeting with them on a regular basis mm-hmm. and going through their portfolios. And So we send a card out <clears throat> to the clients every six months. Um, and in the last couple of weeks, you have been calling uh, some clients that we haven't seen uh, in, in you know about a year or so. You know They've, they've received the the cards that they just either they're not worried about it they have other things going on yeah. so you're reaching out to them saying hey come on come, come yeah. see us <laughs> and it's it's communication it's important even if even if our client's not concerned about it or if they're watching it it's still good to come in and sit down go over it it makes sure that we're on the same page as them make sure nothing's yeah. changed in their life uh, but communication is absolutely important it seems like a lot of people leave their financial advisor over a lack of communication that's one of the things we hear is that you know they'll bring in their um, uh, their statement uh, showing their portfolio we'll ask them when's the last time this person talked with you and Mm -hmm. sometimes they can't even remember right and sometimes they don't have a person yeah, uh, especially if it's in they've a got an eight hundred number. They got have an eight hundred number if it's in a four hundred one k or four hundred three b. There is no person that right. they talk to. It's just on autopilot. It's been what it's been in for twenty years, and it sits there. Um, so it, it that's that's a big part of what we do is communicate. Yeah. Well, um, one of the things that uh, another another aspect of what we do is um the research part of it we you know we've talked a lot about this and and it it always bears repeating um mutual funds are for people who don't want to do the research a lot of times Mm -hmm. we we tend to dig in and get to know the actual uh companies that we're invested in a lot closer than what a than what you're going to get from a mutual fund where yep. you're in with a whole bunch of other companies mm-hmm. <clears throat> and you can also run into problems with um uh, embedded capital gains Absolutely. um over over diversification where but but certain parts of it actually can make it concentrated if it's an index fund and you know if google uh amazon facebook a lot of those things were to get in a bunch of trouble uh you could see an outsized downturn in those kind of funds as opposed to an individualized selection of securities that you have your own cost basis in and um you've got what you've got right several of the large uh actively quote-unquote actively managed mutual funds they're not index funds uh, but most people would have these in a 401k but if you if you own these outside of a 401k in a taxable account a lot of these they own facebook amazon netflix and google those are some microsoft those are some of the largest positions in the fund well, let's say you're the manager and you say, now, okay, these are too expensive. 
I want to move into some of these other sectors, more of the dividend payer, blue chip. Well, if you're an investor and you buy that fund today, you've not taken part in the growth over the last several years right. of those stocks. You buy it today, tomorrow the fund manager sells all or part of those stocks. Yep. You're liable for the taxes. Right. You're going to have a tax as liability. A new, even as a new investor. Even as a new, because you own a piece of that fund. You don't own the stocks. They have no way of differentiating you from somebody who's owned the fund for five years. Exactly. And has had the capital gains and all the benefits of that. Right. There ought to be a way to index that. <laughs> but I, I don't think they ever could. I, I don't know. I don't know how they uh, – maybe. Maybe they could. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, they sh you would think there would be a way. Yeah. It would be fair. Yeah. Oh, absolutely it would. Prorate it or something. Yeah, because I, you're buying after it's already yeah. gone up, and if they sell it, you're going to get hit with the full capital gains on it. Right, right. It doesn't apply to an IRA, but it would apply to something outside of an IRA. Right. Our clients you – know, we, we own some Apple stock. Um, this is not a recommendation on Apple. We're not buying Apple now because yeah. of the price. So the people that own it own it with their own tax with, basis. With their own basis. But the new people aren't having to pay the big expense price for it. Exactly. Exactly. So the just the, the mechanics of funds, of mutual funds, be it an actively managed or an index, um, there's the, the mechanics can work against a client. In a downturn, even in good times, from a tax perspective, they can be very inefficient. Um, right. And uh, if even if it's an income-producing fund, where is the income coming from? Right. Is it from gains or is it actually from dividends and interest? Very good. Mike, I appreciate it. We've been talking about uh, retirement investing. If you want to... Get us to look at your portfolio. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Next up is Ronnie Baston, candidate for mayor. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. Stay with us. It's Escalade Month at Quantrell Cadillac. Through September 30th, save $10,000 off MSRP on any new 2018 Escalade or ESV. Escalade is America's best-selling full-size luxury SUV. Or save up to $7,000 off MSRP on 2018 XT5 mid-size luxury SUV courtesy transportation vehicles starting at only $41,000. Owners of 03 or newer Cadillac save an additional $2,000. You'll find incredible savings at Quantrell Cadillac today. Alabama, live in concert. Song, song of the South. Friday, December 7th, Rupp Arena. A historic night in Lexington, Kentucky for one night only. Alabama with Ricky Skaggs. And the Kentucky Headhunters. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Presented by iHeartRadio. It's finally here. Our 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. Don't miss the biggest superstars. Everyone in music wants to be here. T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Watch live on CWTV.com or the CW app. And listen on iHeartRadio. Continuing tonight at 10 p.m. Sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is using technology, innovation, and interaction to bring its customers great products, rewards, service, and access to unique and unforgettable experiences. 
Negotiations continue to set the day and terms for the hearing addressing sexual assault allegations against Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh. Dr. Christine Blasey Ford says the assault happened at a party when they were in high school. ABC's David Wright has more on the back and forth. According to her lawyer, she's concerned. She's uh, receiving death threats. Uh, her family has had to move locations. Uh, and uh, she also, for unknown reasons, uh, plans on driving from California to Washington, D.C. and wants to budget a little bit of time for that drive. President Trump at a rally in Missouri last night repeated claims of anti-Trump bias at the Justice Department and within the FBI. That after reports, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein discussed secretly recording the president. Rosenstein denies the allegations. And the head of FEMA has agreed to reimburse the government for using government vehicles without proper authorization. That after an investigation by Homeland Security found Brock Long misused those vehicles to travel to his home in North Carolina. Michelle Franz and ABC News. We're going to continue to hang on to periods of showers on this Saturday across much of the region. Not raining the entire day, but that potential is certainly there for some gusty showers. So keep the umbrellas handy. Keep the ponchos handy for heading out to Kroger Field, too. We'll see a high today, low in middle 60s. Forecast on your Sunday. More in the way of showers and some thunderstorms around. Temperatures back into the 60s. Showers and storms are likely into much of next week. Stay dry. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP, an iHeart Radio station. Say, folks, my good friends at Mahindra have an exciting event going on at Mahindra Dealers across our great nation. Harvest Demo Days. And right now, you can test drive any Mahindra tractor or utility vehicle and take home the biggest savings of the year. That's right. Test drive a Mahindra subcompact, compact, or utility tractor, or a Mahindra utility vehicle and save. There's just no substitute for experiencing Mahindra quality and performance for yourself. Now, once you're in that seat, you'll see how easy it is to operate a Mahindra and to become a good steward of the land you love. To learn more about the world's number one selling tractor and harvest demo day savings, or to find your dealer, visit MahindraUSA.com. Take advantage of rock-bottom prices and test drive a Mahindra today at Valley Farm Equipment in Science Hill, Nicholasville, and Greyhawk. Or visit ValleyFarmEQ.com. That's ValleyFarmEQ.com. I used to post to job boards only to be overwhelmed with resumes. Which made it easy to miss a great candidate. That old process was not, not smart. smart. Then I went to ZipRecruiter. Its technology finds the right people. And actively invites them to apply. So I get qualified candidates fast. Smart. See why ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. Try it now for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash hire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash hire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Based on trust pilot rating of hiring sites with over 1,000 reviews. 630 WLAP. I'm the pre-show. And uh, we have with us a uh, candidate for mayor, Ronnie Baston. Uh, mayor Baston, well, I shouldn't call you that, Chief Baston. I like the sound of that, though. Yeah, the, the Mayor Baston thing. Chief, uh, who he's been the chief of police here. And uh, welcome to the Tom Dupree Show. Well, thank you, Tom. It's my pleasure to be here with you today. 
tell me a little bit about yourself how you got here uh where you came from what what made you into what you are today well i grew up on a small farm outside of glasgow kentucky barron county uh, we raised tobacco milk cows baled hay and all the, all the things you do on a farm uh, i was the first in my family to go to college i came to the university of kentucky and pursued a degree in agriculture economics and right. at the time thought i might want to go into the farm management business here in the, the beauty of the bluegrass with horse farms and uh, my wife and i met each other in college and decided we wanted to get married between our junior and senior year so i found myself needing to eat yeah and uh, so I, I took a part-time job at blackburn correctional complex on the farm and uh Decided we need to eat better after a few months and took a full-time position as a correctional officer. And I wound up staying there six and a half years, got a promotion while I was there, and then hired uh, with the Lexington Police Department in 1984 and was on the police department until January of 2015. So I was Mm -hmm. there for a little over 30 years. Um, Got to do a a lot of of really interesting things and have a lot of, of good experience with the police department. The last seven years I was there, I was chief of police, uh, and that happened to be from 2008 to 2015, right in the middle of the downturn of the economy. Right. So I had to use my agriculture economic skills to learn how to prioritize and do more with less and not default by throwing money at, at issues. Right. And uh, and we were very successful with that. I, I really took on the culture of government spending and trying to get things done and change the mindset of our employees to look for, look for innovative ways to get things done without automatically throwing money at it. Uh, Jim Gray liked that, and uh, when I retired in January 2015, he asked me to uh, take what I had done with the police department to all of public safety. Okay. And with public safety, I had the police department, the fire department, the jail, 911, emergency management, and building security. I literally had over half of the entire government all the high liability, 24-7 operations, 1,750 full-time employees, and an almost $200 million annual budget. So give me some examples of how you would say save some money. Well, I can give you a great one. As an assistant chief, uh, Chief Beatty reorganized the department and gave me about two-thirds of all the officers. I had patrol, traffic, special operations, and some of those. I went in that position in May, and... We had a new budget year, July 1. I'm a big numbers guy. I like to look at numbers. I I look for efficiencies. The 1st of August, when I got my payroll um, report, I looked at it. And July is typically a heavy month for overtime expenditures because of the 4th of July and those things. But I think I had a $1.3 million overtime budget for the operations I had. I projected out based on the spend that we did in July, and we were going to be out in February if we continued mm-hmm. at that rate, which scared me to death because I'd been given a budget, and I wasn't going back to ask for more money. Right. So I started uh, working with my patrol commanders, the folks over the geographic sections of town, and found that they really had never been held accountable for and didn't hadn't developed the skill sets to manage those resources. So working with them, I did a holdback of my $1.3 million for unanticipated things like an ice storm or hopefully a U.K. celebration. Yeah. And, uh, and then I put them on individual pay period targets. And I think it was about $11,000 per patrol captain uh, per pay period every two weeks. And uh, held them accountable for that. And 
at first they would say, can I use overtime for this or that? And I'd say, I don't know if you can or not. You've got $11,000. I expect a job to get done, but you've got to figure out how to manage those resources and get it done. Right. And so by having the target, the unanticipated consequence we had was people didn't want to go over it, and they right. started looking for ways to get things done and looking in the union contract to, to use the provisions to change schedules and those kinds of things. And so they would come underneath the target. And so we immediately found ourselves saving money that we had never done before. Uh, if you remember, the, the year I'm talking about was 2006, the year we had Flight 5191 here, horrible tragedy in our, in our community. I led the ground effort there. I was in charge of the scene for Flight 5191 for the whole week. And we had to bring extra officers in to do that. So we had to spend some money we weren't planning on. We spent $44,000 in overtime that one week to secure Flight 5191 scene. Uh, but let's fast forward to June 30th, the last day of the budget. Mm-hmm. By having those targets, holding people accountable, uh, creating the skill sets and expectations, we turned in $100,000 back to the government really? that was left over. That's great. You know, it's obvious that you've got a handle on fiscal things. Let's talk about the needs Lexington's going to have going forward. Uh, we've had a mayor who's been kind of a visionary, like to get things done. You know, people are saying, where will you be? And what do you see as the biggest problems Lexington's got going forward and, and how you're going to deal with them? That's a great question, Tom, and I, I'm happy to answer that. Uh, I think Jim Gray has been a great mayor for Lexington. He's a visionary. Uh, I've been very, very proud to be a part of his administration. Obviously, he had a lot of confidence in me to hand me half the government and over half of his entire general fund uh, budget. Uh, I want to build on that. I think we have great momentum in town. Uh, there's some, some things we need to do for sure, but there's some, some key issues right now as I talk to constituents out in the community that are really on their mind, and we have to address those. We have to address them effectively. Uh, safety is, is the biggest thing that people are concerned about, safety-related issues. And when I say that, I'm talking about the increase in violent crime we've seen in the last three or four years, mm-hmm. number of homicides. Last year, we had the highest number of homicides we've ever had in Fayette County. Uh, shootings appear to be going up. Uh, so that's something that, that as we look at that and as I talk to my friends at the police department, they say the increase is directly related to the drug trade. Mm-hmm. It's not gangs. A lot of people think it's gangs. It's drug war, drug trade stuff uh, that's going on. And so that's a big one. The second thing under that safety-related issue besides violent crime is tied to violent, and that's the opioid addiction. I don't know many families in town that aren't affected by the opioid crisis that we have. Uh, it doesn't discriminate. It's, it's across the board. Um, every socioeconomic you know, area in town, every every family that I know at least knows someone or they're affected directly by it. It's, uh, it's breaking families up. It's causing significant numbers of deaths due to overdoses. It's reducing our available workforce because people who are addicted can't hold jobs. Uh, we're at low unemployment right now, and I'm talking to folks in business who can't find enough people to, to hire. Staff, to hire. Uh, so we got some major issues. And I, as I look at this issue... I say often, if I had a magic wand and I could use it one time to do the most good for our community, I would use it to eradicate the opioid situation because it, 
it has tentacles in so many places that people don't think about. That includes heroin, right? Heroin and fentanyl. That, yeah. That's really a serious issue for us right now. Uh, and in terms of deaths, and a lot of people don't get this perspective sometimes, but I, I like to say this. You know, one homicide in our community is too many, and I've, I've had to talk to too many mothers of victims of homicide, so I, I really understand that. We, on an average, over the last 10 years or so, we would average about 18 homicides a year for Lexington. Uh, if, you, if you were to look at another form of violent death, not criminal but accidental, uh, look at vehicular fatalities. Mm-hmm. If you combine the total number of criminal homicides and vehicular fatalities for an average year in Lexington, the combination would be about 18 homicides, 30, 35 uh, vehicular fatalities. So about 50, 55, something like that. In 2016, we had 162 overdose deaths. Gosh. Now, so three times the number of people died from overdoses than they did from both forms of violent death in our community. And, you know, people don't get, don't, don't see that, and they don't have a, a reason to because every homicide gets a headline in the, in the media. Every vehicular fatality gets a headline. When was the last time you saw a headline about an overdose right. death? You don't. Uh, we're speaking with Ronnie Baston, a candidate for mayor. Uh, Ronnie, I'm downtown, and I, I see the, the homeless problem and the problem with having to send a uh, a fire truck out and for when some there's a homeless person that's down on the street and the tremendous amount of sirens coming through downtown. Is there any way to cut that back and just send one person out to respond to something instead of a whole crew of people? It seems like a tremendous waste of resources. Well, you know, I get that question a lot. And as public safety commissioner, I had to, to ask some of those questions myself because I'm very interested in efficiency. Um, the fire department operates under standards of response, and there's some national standards they try to stay within all the time. And our ambulances, our EMS service is really busy. They they run about, well, last year I think they did 48,000 runs. I can ambulance. tell you they're busy because uh, I, I see them and hear them. And they disturb the, the, the running those sirens through downtown on Main Street. It's it's crazy. Sometimes it seems like there ought to be a better, more efficient, cheaper, less loud way of doing it. Well, now there are some uh, there are some some things that are going on in other parts of the country that we've looked at um, to see whether they could work here in Lexington. And there's a program I want to tell you about in a minute. A couple things that we've done that I'm really proud of while I was there that I think are making a difference and have the potential to make great, great differences in how we how we operate the ambulance service. But you're right. There are a lot of folks, with, uh, especially within the homeless population downtown, that have substance abuse issues. And I know we looked. I looked out my office when I was still public safety commissioner there at the government center one day next to the subway on, on MLK, and there were two ambulances sitting there. We had three people overdose at in the same spot at the same really? time and so it's it's a challenge for us but let me address the siren issue um you know we uh we adopted back well, we did a pilot project a couple of years ago uh chief chilton came in and changed the policy for the better but prior to the pilot project we were transporting everyone to the hospital that, that the ambulance is transported with lights and siren. Uh, regardless of what their condition was. And I, I questioned that. And I said, look, 
you know, I don't think that's good business. I, we know that every time you turn the lights and siren on and part the sea of traffic, you increase, significantly increase the chance of either causing an accident but all the erratic movements that people do when they hear a siren behind them right. or being involved in one yourself. So if you flip the siren on knowing that you're increasing the likelihood someone could be in an accident and you're not really doing it for an emergency or that you believe that there could be an emergency, then you may be violating outside of state law that allows you to, to you know, not have to obey by some of the traffic laws. And, you know, it's just, uh, it's not it's not good business to do that. So we did a pilot project. Uh, they were a little concerned about response times and, and those kinds of things. But what we found out was uh, by transporting people who were not in a life-threatening situation and driving normally, that people could many times get the reports done that they had to do on the way while they were driving since they weren't getting thrown around back and forth in the back of an ambulance. And so it could be ready when they got to the hospital to deliver the patient. In the past, what they'd had to do when they're driving. with Non-life-threatening situation. Right, exactly. And that lowers the risk to everyone on the road. Right. And, you know, if they're driving the lights and siren, they can't they can't sit and do the report on the computer because right. they're getting thrown around too much, and they have to wait until they get to the hospital. It just makes sense. Stay with us. We need to take a break here. You're listening to the Tom Dupree Show with guest uh, Ronnie Bastin, chief of police, public safety director, and candidate for mayor of Lexington. You're listening to News Radio 630 WLAP. It's the Tom Dupree Show. Alexa, I need to know the news. I added to know the news to your shopping list. Oh, boy. Uh, how about this? Alexa, play News Radio 630 WLAP on iHeartRadio. There you go. Wasn't that easier? Wait, what? Nothing. Here's the station you asked for. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Do you understand your retirement savings and investments? Do you know how much you can reasonably expect to take from them after you retire without diminishing the principal? If you haven't thought about these things, you should because they can affect how long your money may last. At Dupree Financial Group, we've been following things like this for some time. Our goal for our clients is to make their investments produce income for them from dividends and interest without diminishing their principal. If you'd like a free consultation about your retirement investments, give us a call at 859-233-0400. We'll give you an honest assessment what we think your investments will produce for you in retirement. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400, DupreeFinancial.com, and the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. Speaking with Ronnie Baston, candidate for mayor of Lexington. Ronnie, let's just get down to the point. Raw tax here. We got about uh, eight minutes to go. Why should we vote for you? Tell us what a Ronnie Baston uh, uh, administration would look like in Lexington. Well, a Ronnie Baston administration is going to look uh, look like the community wants it to look. It's going to represent the community and, and represent the best interest of the community. Uh, Let me talk just a minute about a a few platform issues that people frequently ask me questions about when I'm out in the community. Uh, Growth is a big issue here in Fayette County. I believe in smart, responsible growth. Uh, I'm not a person who's going to bury my head in the sand and ignore the fact that we are growing. We are growing, three to 4,000 people a year. And if we don't uh, look for 
innovative ways to provide housing and, and do good infill projects and those kinds of things, then we're going to create some problems or problems will result that we have to try to, to fix later on. It's better to get ahead of it in the, in the beginning. And, you know, an example I give of that is look at uh, we, we built a great subdivision with Masterson Station. But the infrastructure piece that we had to rely on the state for with Leestown Road, didn't uh, the fix on that didn't happen for several years after the subdivision. So we actually created gridlock with traffic out there, and folks struggle for a long time, mm-hmm. and it took a long time to get relief on that. We need to have the relationships. We need to get those uh, infrastructure projects like the roads on the books and on the plans before we actually start developing or right. and try to get them done while we're doing the, the development so we don't create gridlock or knowingly do that. Um, you know, I believe we have to protect our horse farms. This is a beautiful part of the country. People come from all over the place here. I, I love it. I like the, I love horse farms. I've, I've talked to a lot of farm owners here and, uh, you know, I understand what, where they are with things. And uh, I want to be a mayor that really supports that industry. A lot of people don't understand the the significance to our economy that our horse farms bring here with mm. jobs and buying supplies and those things. The dollars that are generated there turn over several times in the hands of people here in our community. So it's important that we recognize that and support it in every way we can. Um, but I'll focus on infill projects and uh, and make sure that we we grow responsibly. I'm not in favor of expanding the boundary right now, the urban service boundary. Um, the other thing we need to do, I think, in terms of growth is, is just acknowledge that we have not always been the best regional partner that we could and partner to surrounding counties. Uh, it's incumbent upon us to really uh, roll the carpet out and be a better neighbor to people. Fifty, I think 51% of our workforce here in Fayette County lives outside of Fayette County. 32% of the workforce lives two counties away. So people have to have good roads, have to have ways to get in and out and come to shop and come to work. So we need to work together with all those counties around us. Uh, I also think we need to, to be a better neighbor to folks in other parts of the state who come here. We're the center that they come to to spend dollars and shop. And, uh, and we, to get educated. And get educated and to come for health care. Right. And spend significant dollars. And that adds to our economy in ways we don't always think about. And I don't think we've been a good neighbor in that respect. I don't think we've acknowledged that. Uh, you know, it's some it's time we did that and uh, and understood the value that brings to our economy. Um, you know, with the economy, we have to we have to have a an economy that grows uh, to keep a revenue stream growing. Uh, the day you stop growing as an economy is the day you start dying, I believe. And so we have to we have to have an administration that's going to support that and look for ways to cause our economy to grow. I believe the the unrealized opportunity here is from a government perspective is I, I don't think we've been that small business friendly. There oh, are, I can tell you that for a fact you haven't been. Well, I've written some huge checks <laughs> uh, as a percentage of my income and I get nothing back from the, the city other than a place to sit. Well, I can tell you I, I've talked to a lot of small businesses and they just don't feel like the services that are available in our community to help support them are robust enough to, to meet the needs. We need to realize that those... Of course, are- I never expected anything from government to begin with, so right. I, I don't, you know, I'm not complaining, really. Yeah. What, I, what I'm talking about is, is services that can help people that don't have resources uh, to, to a consultant to help them make decisions that are 
at those risk points when they're making decisions within their business mm-hmm. that can maybe help them get through that. Um, you know, we we as a government, we get fees from folks when they do a startup, and, and I'm told stories about people who are starting businesses going around to different places within government to get the approvals and permits and those things, and sometimes they get conflicting information from different entities, and they, they feel like they're beating their head against a wall sometimes, and it's a tough process. That needs to be more friendly. If we know that cash flow is is what causes most startup businesses to fail in the first year, then I think we need to consider whether we can do without maybe our permit fee or do what we can to ease the burden during that critical first year so that maybe people have a better chance of figuring their business model out. Uh, if, if we do that, we yeah. have the potential of a revenue stream from now on. That's if good. We, if they, we add to their burden of failure in that first critical year, all we've gotten is a one-time permit fee. Yeah, that's right. So I want to I look at ways we can be truly small business friendly. There are 8,638 small businesses or businesses in Lexington with at least one employee. And if we can get some of those to, to thrive based on the efforts we put into it, we're poised to have the biggest job growth we've ever had, and our economy can hum. It's the lifeblood of our economy. we got about two minutes. How are you different than your uh – uh, competitor very good question tom we are different uh i think we're both nice people people like us in the community but there are differences that people need to know about uh differences in terms of vision and what we see for the community and the possibilities for this community it's important that a mayor have a strong vision for where we can go uh, and identify who we are and capitalize on that it's important for our, our mayor to have plans i have plans and if you go to what my website you want to learn about crime or opioids or school safety or economic development, look, you're going to see that I have ideas about that. I'm thinking deeply into those things. I've always believed that you, in order to, to make progress, that you have to plan the work and then work the plan. Right. And that's how you get results. You can dream all you want to, or you can, you can assemble a, a bunch of people around a table and try to build consensus. Those are good for certain kinds of activities, but at some point, a leader has to drive the train to get it done. And uh, that's what I have a history of doing. The third thing is experience. Uh, I have the experience of running over half the government with a $200 million budget, taking on the culture of government to try to reduce spending and, and stretch our tax dollars as far as we can to get the job done, quality work, taking on government processes, which sometimes we don't know why we do things, but we need to question that. Right. Make sure they work for us. Um, my opponent, ten seconds. Okay, well, I just want to thank everyone for listening today, and uh, I hope you've heard something you like that resonates. And please go out and vote for me on November sixth. That's Ronnie Baston. Uh, he is a candidate for mayor. Ronnie, we appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you, Tom. And uh, go Cats today. We got a big game against Mississippi State. We hope we see a win today. Absolutely. So, you've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. If you've heard anything that you like about retirement planning, call us at 859-233-0400. It's the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP.